welcome back to Backbeat Conversations. On this podcast, we like to talk about all the facets of the music industry and bridge the gaps between them. I'm Julian Francis here with my co-host, Elaine Henry. Hi, friends. And this week, our guest is the band Sunstrider. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Can you guys, um, can someone give us an intro of the band as a whole? Anybody who's comfortable doing that? Dude, do you guys want me to? Yeah, yeah go for it. Okay, I'll step yeah, up and do that. <clears throat> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are Sunstrider. We are a jazz fusion band thing <laughs> from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm comfortable doing this. <laughs> Ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what the fuck are we? Jesus what are we do? What is music? <laughs> Anywho, we do jazz adjacent music pretty cool check us out our album yeah. <laughs> i think that's pretty good i'm miles uh, i'm bassist um i also write songs all right next person all right i'm rick uh my friends family no, i'm just kidding um <laughs> i uh what do i do i play keyboards i'm also going to be eventually playing a little bit of horns um with that i also write um and i usually do uh, a little bit of the arrangements as well, making sure that everything works all all nice, nice together. Cool, sir. Uh, I'll jump in next. I'll jump in next. My name is Kendrick. Uh, I play sax, and then I think eventually I'll probably do a little bit of vocals, um, mess around with that, and uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm Zach. I'm a guitarist. I was I was actually on the podcast before, if you remember uh, my episode. <laughs> I might r- write something in the future. I don't know. We'll see. He Better. will. He will. Yeah. Put something in there. No mites. This is me. Drummers always go last. My name's Pat, and I uh, play the drum set in cymbals. Uh, hey. Separate. Well, all the same, all at the same nope, time? That's important. They're separate. <laughs> Differentiate. <laughs> Drums are made out of wood. Symbols are made out of metal. Get them. Call them out. X. Damn. So, how do you guys usually like go about writing your songs? Is it like one person brings an idea? Is it like you all sit in a room and come up with something? Like what goes down? Let me take this one. Let me take this one. Oh, please. Okay. Please. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, granted, I'm gonna also I'm gonna start this and say I haven't written a song, but okay. So, Arthur, good do. Uh, yeah, no, 100. Miles, your intro. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> definitely feel as though when we come together, it's Ricky or Miles. So far, I've been the ones writing the tunes. They'll have an idea, and it'll be like a construct. However, we will have rehearsals where we'll just vibe and kind of come up with something that we'll probably piece into something they've written. So it's more so like they have a composition, we show up not knowing about it and then just jam. And then they bring it in and say, hey, that idea was cool. Let's just kind of, you know, throw this in this song, throw this in this song. And then it it all comes together. Of course, in the studio, I think when we had our one, you know, session, we will throw some, make some adjustments and, you know, last, last adjustments that we have to do. But I think that's kind of how we go about it, in my opinion. Yeah, Excuse right. me, that's actually that's actually pretty. Uh, I I wouldn't say spot on from like you know the the writer's perspective, but mm-hmm. from like the yeah, the band as a whole, like when when like all that stuff like comes together, that's definitely um, 
how things work. I know, uh, I guess I'll speak personally when writing, writing the tunes. Um, <laughs> I very much so wrote those last minute. <laughs> like um the rehearsal would start when did when did the rehearsal start 12 30 one but something like yeah about one yeah, yeah about something one. like that so yeah. like if the rehearsal let's say the rehearsal started at like 12 30 i was in that room at 11 30 uh writing the tune <laughs> <laughs> so, that's crazy that's crazy bro so um so like you know like as i was walking over i was like okay rick you gotta think of like at least like five ideas and then like hopefully like half of one will stick you know we'll see and then and, and pretend that you had these prepared like beforehand. yep yeah exactly right. like uh, well because the the cool thing too is like what we like you know i had access to a printer so i was able to just go up and like print you know all the music and stuff like right you know, like real quick i was able to you know i had my laptop and stuff with me i know like the notation software pretty well where i can just like you know, if it's some chords, if it's, you know, a melody or something that I have written out, I can just be like, hey, transpose, bam. You know, I could just tell Pat a drum groove that I'm thinking of. I could tell, you know, Miles about a bass groove that I'm thinking of. And I don't have to write music for me because I, I wrote the song. So or at least not yet, you know. Um, <clears throat> so like, especially with, uh, with illustrations, like that just started as me playing like on piano, you know. And then I was like, oh, it'd be cool if like, you know, Zach had this part, uh, you know, Kendrick had this part, Miles had like this thing that was going on, Pat was doing a little bit of this, and I can just kind of like, just kind of support everybody while everybody else was kind of finding ways to shine. And so um, that's usually how I would write. <laughs> it would be very, very last minute, but... <clears throat> hey, I mean, you know. it, it fucking, it worked out real well. Yeah. It worked out beautifully. <laughs> um. Not to not to shoot our own horns, but yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Um, but I guess I, I since I so far I'm the other main writer. Um, I think for me it's closer to what Kendrick said. Uh, most of my song ideas are stuff like I was just messing around playing with like Rick or Kendrick or some combination of you know of the band members here, just kind of messing with ideas. And then I, you know, I'd take that idea home and be like, okay, let me build on this. Um, you know, I had to figure out like, you know, which core voicings I want and all that stuff like that. Um, not as last minute as Rick. Um, I'm a little surprised to find that out. That was new to me. Um, but I mean, hey, it sounded good. So what can I say? Um, but yeah, that's, that's generally like uh, one of the tracks that we have, uh, Pulse. That one had been sitting like kind of in my mind for... I want to say a good like two, three months before like we'd even gotten together and been like, let's do this band. Like, let's let's create this. Um, and of course, it was a similar outcome, though. You know, we, we went to record and sounded pretty good. Uh, at least I would like to think so. Um, we were actually <laughs> able to, to perform that one um, before lockdown happened at our school. Yeah. Um, it was like the day before. Right before. Yeah. Oh my God! It was right before. Yeah, right before. Just barely snuck it in there. Yeah, it was received pretty well. So, Is that February? Nah, March. Yeah. March. No, no, no. March. I think yeah, that was. Was, March. was it March? Early Damn, March. Yeah. Early March. that was that was right in there. Then. Yeah, it was the it was the day right before yeah. everything was was was, uh, was closing. Yeah, it was that it, oh. Wednesday? Oh was a departmental recital. Yep. Yeah, I remember going into yep. to big band and 
he was like passing out those cool new folders and then yep. that's when everybody got the email that was like yep. all right go home yeah no right. oh so that's, that's been the terrible. story of our 2020 that was a cut down oh, <clears throat> that week was yeah, crazy I, I got the email like right in between two ensembles that was fantastic yeah and the day before we were supposed to play as a band for the first time <laughs> yeah, really oh, cool. my gosh. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> See, we lucked out. We got to play and then we got shut down. Yeah, that's why I feel like everything mm-hmm. was just like so like it was just magically placed. Yeah. You know, because yeah. yeah. like we went through like we remember like we found out about like you know COVID 19, you know, like oh man, this is like a serious thing that's happened like in the rest of the world. Right. At the recording session. Yep. Like right. we were yeah. just chilling. Yep. Like yeah. I think we were like taking a break PM. or something. Yeah, we were just like chilling. We were just like, man, oh this man, like, y'all hear about like this, this, and that. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting dang. real, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh dang, like that. Oh, when's it coming to the U? I, I remember Kendrick exactly saying that. He was like, it's just a matter yep. of time before it comes before it to the U.S. Yeah. So, and I was like, wow, you know. I I, I remember the build up to that. <laughs> when we were talking about that, like I was like, well, I'll believe it. Like people always talk about the end of the world, and I, I mean. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, I mean, it was just so well, crazy. You where yeah, it was have you like... seen enough, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> People always talk, but nothing happens. Yeah, I think the the cool thing um, is that, like, or at least like something that like I take away from like really this whole situation is just the fact that, well, for one, right, that whole experience was magical, right? Mm-hmm. That whole experience of like us just going through saying like hey like because it turned really like this whole thing just turned into like it was just me saying like hey like i really want to play with like miles and pat <laughs> like right. honestly it was just like oh yeah like i kind of want to like make a trio in the future like a jazz trio in the future like maybe i can find opportunities to play with miles and pat like that'd be cool got a gig one time and they said yeah trio's cool but can we actually get a quartet so I said, okay let me hit up kendrick you know he'd be pretty cool to like you know kind of get get into the swing of gigs and stuff that'd be pretty dope and then on top of that i had another gig that went through they asked specifically for a trio pat couldn't do it and kendrick couldn't do it so i said how about we get zach in and do it and like once i heard that like just oh man it just it went like all together from from there at least like you know again this is in my head right like it's just like all together about like the whole the whole thing i was like we gotta like at least like get together and like jam or something you know like it has to be like just something it could be like a little a little small thing and then like kendrick does his little thing where he usually talks shit like all the time just like talks big you know (laughs) big and stuff and he was just like oh man like just imagine like uh because i think that's when pat brought in the um he said he wanted to do uh black narcissism four yeah so we played we played on that and i was like oh yeah that's pretty hot and stuff and then Kendrick was like, man, just imagine like if we had like a couple tunes and stuff and then like we went and we was like in the studio or something like that. And I was like, I can make that happen. Yeah. So like, yeah. and he was and, like, he was like, wait, 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 what? You can make that happen? <laughs> yeah. Once you said that, <laughs> once you said that and the reason and not to cut you off, but the reason yeah. that I think I'm so, you know, I'm an emotional person. I'm energetic. If anything, yeah. I consider myself like an energizer of the group. Yeah, he's a hype man. And I feel like, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm just confident as hell in these guys as musicians. Like I am an inferior musician to every guy on this like Zoom, mm-hmm. and I know it. And 
it's just absolutely amazing. Pat is a legend in his own right. Ricky is an absolute like genius when it comes to composition. Miles is my brother. Like I, I've grown with Miles. Like Z- you know, Zach is just an, like an executioner. Like he just comes through and like lays stuff down at a rate that you don't really see many guys his age. Because Zach is like close to my age. I'm the youngest. And I think Zach is like around my age. He's like a couple months from me. So yeah. to see to see all of these guys and these personalities that I've like grown close to and I've seen in different, you know, uh, you know, ensembles and things like that to be able to come together and collaborate and be a part of it. I was like, man, like I I know what we can do. And I was super excited about it. If I can jump in for a sec. I mean, I feel like one of the things that makes our band so special in, uh, the way it, to have our band, the way, um, to sound the way we do is exactly what Kendrick just said in that all of us have so much trust in the, in um, the other people in the band that whenever uh, they bring a song in that they know that the other people in that band will put their own uh, voice into it. Like trust, um, trust is I think one of the biggest things that you can, that you find in a band. If you don't have, yeah. if you don't trust the people yeah. that you work with, um, yeah, there's a work. different sound, and I think that's what makes us special. And I, I think um, definitely for at least you know again like back from like when you know when I was starting like my my again this is all just very very personal very much my perspective you know but um, like I just went through and I was like oh this would be a cool band where like if somebody comes in with a chart we all just read it and we're like cool. On to the next one like that sounds good you know right. which is like how like the majority i shouldn't say the majority but a lot of jazz bands right a lot of jet like a lot of bands modern bands and stuff like work right it's usually not like everybody's putting in everybody's pitching in. except like if you're maybe in the rhythm section then like you'll you know maybe we'll just we'll do our own chord voicing or we'll play our own line or we'll you know we'll play our own groove or something right <clears throat> but um like right when like I went through and said like, oh yeah, like let's do something, y'all. Like let's let's like I can I can hit up Noah, you know, like our, our you know my boy Noah. I can hit him up. I can get him, you know, give us some some access to the to the studio. I can give them, you know, ask him to to mix and all that stuff. And we had like it, it was that first rehearsal that I went through and I was like, oh yeah, this this is <laughs> this is not this is this ain't gonna be one of those bands where I, where we just come in and we're just like, oh yeah, here's this tune, y'all. Let's go ahead and read it. One two one two three and then you know boom like because we and the crazy thing too is like we can swing like we've right. done it <laughs> you right. know we played like we've definitely like what you know, of the jams that we did we just like we're playing the blues and it was swinging mm. it was swinging hard as ever yep yeah <laughs> and like you know but like we we didn't like go through we weren't just like all right you know like let's have like you know just you play these backgrounds you do this you do this and also it was more of just like all right here's what i'm gonna do and then kendrick was like oh how about i do this Boom, and then it's like, oh, 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 do that shit again, you know. <laughs> and like, you know, Zach, he'll be like, oh, I'll play this, do, 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 do. and he's like, oh, let's put that effect on there. It's like, whoa, Ooh. hey, 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 you know. So that, like, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole thing that, um, again, like going back to the magic, right? Like that's how I knew that, like this was, this was going to be at least for you know, again, personally, this is a major project for me, you know. Mm-hmm. I, um it'd be unfair of me to say that this is the major project, you know, especially cause you know, I got my <laughs> own stuff and, you know, I'm trying to 
Uh, yeah, keep it busy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I gotta, oh, yeah. I gotta, oh, yeah. you know, work with, with some other musicians that I, that I really, really admire and, and care about. And, you know, I'm also trying to pay off these motherfucking student loan debts, but <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the main thing though, is like, this is definitely like, this has to be like, I'm certain this is in top three. Mm. like top mm. three projects for me you know like I, as soon as like i found out about that as soon as like i went through like we went through and like we played the stuff in the in the studio like the whole experience was different for me i've been in the studio many times before that's why i went and said oh yeah i can just hit him up you know and like noah again he was in the same he was in the same situation too he was like oh you're just like recording a little band or something like that. Like that's cool <laughs> you know whatever we played that first tune we played black like narcissist. narcissist in four yeah <laughs> Yeah. And Noah, like, as he, like, all he heard was Pat go, do, do, Noah said, what? <laughs> like, right then, right? And then, like, on top of that, like, Kendrick was like, hey, yo, let me invite blah, blah, blah. Let me invite this person. Miles said, let me invite this person. Zach was like, yeah. hey, I'm going to invite this one. People was walking through the halls, like, after they was practicing and then came in and it was like, hey, let me check this shit out. Hold up. So, like, right. now it's not even just a recording session. It's a performance, too. Right, you know, right. and like I've never, ever, ever had an experience like that before. So, you know, again, like it's mad. It's basically like magic, ma magic after magic after magic, right? And like it's such like this huge thing, right? Especially like that last performance, right? That departmental recital. Yeah. We Ooh. go through and we play, right? Mm -hmm. We already knew the news. We already knew we probably ain't coming. Back. We ain't coming back, right? Right. Oh, we probably we we do like at that point we was like, you know what? Like this is this is honestly like the shittiest the shittiest situation especially like me and pat right because we were like right. recitals and graduation mm -hmm. like you know they just kind of just kind of you know fucked us you know but yeah yeah so like <laughs> but like we went through like once we got like on that stage though like for me at least it really just felt like just forget forget it forget like, it yeah it was it was yeah. just like completely gone like i i think like you know went through like i put you know i right when when miles you know he played a, a little a little solo intro and then he played once he started playing that that bass line i was like oh it's time it's, it's time like i you know i think i the last thing i like remember of like keeping track of like time was like me doing this to go through to start playing like right. just like lifting up the shoulders so then I could start playing, playing a chord. And then from there, like everything was just focused on that tune. Everything was just focused on like that, like just making everything just keep going. And it did like, um, and yeah. from there, right. Even when like everything was like shut down, I just love how basically all of us were like, yo, we, we still gotta, we still gotta like hop on mm -hmm. Skype, hop on zoom, hop on whatever. We still gotta talk to each other. We still gotta share some ideas. Like whenever we can, we gotta do this, yeah. we gotta do that. And like, we've been doing that, you know, and everything that that's happened in the world in the United States and in Maryland, you know, um, we've been talking about it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's not even like, we're just a, you know, we're just a band, we're just about music and we don't care about like what's going on in the world. Like we understand that music is a realization of the world, you know? And because of that, we go through and we're just, it's just magic, like magic after magic after magic. Like even yeah. like listening, cause I, I, I went through and, and, and did a little something, something to the, uh, to the tunes. And like, just listening to that, I was just like magic. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just so great. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah, I think we all meshed particularly well. Speaking as yeah. someone who's played and sung in like a lot of different groups before, you know, I'm I guess I'm pretty sensitive to like how in tune I am with the other people and this group like specifically like I I don't have to worry like at all about where we all are like we're always on the same page. It's fucking awesome. Like part of that is mainly because we're all really good friends outside of the music. Exactly. And then yeah. that exactly. that music has brought us closer together. I mean, we all like especially, you know, I mean, Kendrick and I we, we've been friends since soft what sophomore year of high school, junior high school. Yeah, long, like that. Like, long 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 time. time. Yeah. We're we're pretty much as close as brothers. And you know, with Ricky Pat and Zach, you know, all last year we were in a rhythm section together. So musically, you know, we're already in tune to each other. Um and I mean, when you're in tune to musicians as as good as this, I mean, honestly, like I the, the things I could say about about the, you know, the men sitting in front of me, you know, just like like Pat, as a bassist, you know, your relationship with your drummer. <clears throat> I'm getting a little choked up. Uh <laughs> is is so so important. You know, I've played music, with different Miles. drummers. I played with, with wonderful drummers and even you know, I've played with really good technical drummers. You know, Pat's very very good technically, but there's something there's a certain like X factor about Pat where mm. he just every now and again he'll do something that you don't expect. And you know, that sounds like as a bassist, you're like, Well, you won't expect it. No, but like it's like something that's like, Whoa, what did you just do? But it's like I'm still there. You know, he still has me mm-hmm. in his pocket and I, I, you know, he didn't go anywhere, but he just did something that you're just like, it, it kind of, you have to be careful because sometimes you want to stop playing and be like, you know, what the hell did you just do? You know, <laughs> like, why, <laughs> like, oh my God. And then Ricky, I mean, I was, I think for Rick, Ricky specifically, <laughs> I remember it was my freshman year of, of, you know, school where I'm at right now. Um, and I remember I got into the music program kind of jankily. Um, normally, you have to like audition beforehand, <laughs> like during your senior year of high school and everything. Uh, basically, I decided at my orientation, I applied to the school as a psychology major. I got in. Um, but at my orientation, I basically said, I want to be a music major. I don't want to do anything other than music. Like, this is what makes me happy. Oh, snap. Did, did Miles cut out? Oh, snap. Mm. Uh oh, Miles. Can you hear us? <laughs> I think you oh, can. No. <laughs> oh, hey, Miles, oh, can you hear us? Dang it. It's okay. I, be- I believe he will come back. Yeah, of course. Of course. It may have been his internet or something. But yeah, no, yeah. just to piggyback on what Miles said, man, it, it's, it's, I, I definitely feel like it's a, it's a huge privilege to be able to play with these guys, but it's also, I think, a huge privilege just to be really close friends with these guys. I mean, basically like my brothers was when we came back from a jam session in dc and it was late night we went it was i wasn't even supposed to go i was kind of like a last minute addition i was like yeah man let's go it's mr henry's i've been there before and um we came back and i kid you not we sat and talked in the um performing arts building until six in the morning <laughs> oh and yeah like, i remember yeah i remember oh, I yeah. Class. that was ridiculous yeah. sorry for cutting had, out that was weird Oh no, you're all good. Okay. You're all good. Not, you didn't like commit a crime by cutting out of school. I'll I'll come back and, and speak more. Don't worry. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um we definitely we came back and I mean we got back probably around like 12 30, 1 o'clock, and we sat there till mm. six. 
and it crazy. didn't even feel like it was six. I think we decided, like, you know what, man, damn, we got class. Like, you know, let's just go home. <laughs> yeah. I went, I went home. I went home off, like, an hour's, you know, hour sleep and came back for my 845. And it was like, you know, it didn't even feel like it was that late. We were just sitting up talking about whatever the hell came to mind, you know, and yeah. to be able to just have those conversations. We've talked about some in-depth shit. I've cried in front of these dudes, and I don't cry in front of many people. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've had some really, 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 really heart-to-heart. Pat, you know, has really, as a musician, big, you know, I guess the term big up, he's really giving me those. Like, after performances, I mean, this guy's kind of, he came up to me and told me that, you know, the vibe that we had on stage was something he's never experienced. And to hear that from a 26-year-old, you know, 27-year-old musician who's been around, you know, it, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah. All right, well... Um... Hopefully yeah, I won't continue. get cut out this time. Um, yeah. I was on Ricky. You guys got the Pat stuff, right? You on Ricky? Yeah, you on yeah, Ricky? Yeah. Cool. Hello, um, so yeah, <laughs> basically, Jankly got a music department. Um, I got put in one of the jazz small groups, um, and I remember, I remember coming into that first rehearsal, and it was it was Ricky, uh, this drummer Charlie, who has an insane pocket, um, mm-hmm. and Ahmed, who's a guitarist, also insane. So I'm coming in this this freshman who doesn't really realize that I'm not as good as I thought I was. I think the high school that I went to, like I was like, it was kind of big fish, little pond kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, big time. And I basically walked in and I was like, oh, the pond got bigger and I'm not such a big fish anymore. And I remember, you know, just playing and just hearing these guys play. You know, these guys were at a point where they'd been playing for a while together. Um and I remember just just throughout that that semester and throughout that year, really, Ricky just kind of just, you know, helping me along, be, you know, being being honest with me, telling me telling me stuff that I needed to do to be a better musician. Um, and, you know, he's I don't just look to him as a musician. I look up to him as you know, as a person, as a friend, you know, you know, as a composer, all, all these things. Ricky is really help, Ricky has really helped me a lot, pro- progress a lot as a musician. I would be nowhere near where I was if I was not thrown into the deep end my freshman year. Um, and Ricky's a big part of that. Um, you know, and then on to Zach, I remember, I think it was my first day. I I think it was the first day. It was like welcome, like welcome week coming to UMBC. <laughs> we, welcome week. Yeah, welcome I think week. it was like, at, we, they had us in like the field or something, all the residential students. Yeah. And we were doing like the, like the, like the you know icebreaker games and stuff in this in this big ass field you know like every it was like thousands of thousands of I want, kids were all adults but at that point but i mean there we were out of high school so like just you know, were kids you big babies at umbc y'all yeah kids. yeah <laughs> so you know like like that like you know a, a good couple thousand kids you know in this field just kind of like she's uh, remember when you could do that anyways um, <laughs> um, but you know, we're just all like, like meeting each other. And then I, I meet this guy, Zach and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, man. And like, oh, like what major is like, well, I'm, I'm going to be a music major. He's like, oh shoot, I'm a music major too. You know, I play guitar and everything. And I remember being like, oh yeah, Zach, cool. I'm probably like, I will see him at some point. And like, I think we saw each other very sparsely that first semester but every time it was just kind of yeah. like, oh, what's up, Zach? Like, hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you since Welcome Week. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I think eventually it just got to this point where, like, we, 
we saw each other more is when I became a full major uh, my my second semester. That's when I started being like, oh, like Zach, like, hey, how you doing? Like, we were in guitar ensemble. Hate guitar ensemble. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> no one wants oh, to be man. the bassist in guitar ensemble. No, uh, no one wants no, to be no. the guitar ensemble. Oh, man. But, you know, I just, like, as I'm getting to know him through guitar ensemble and just being friends with this guy, he's, Zach is one of the funniest, kindest, you know, just, just like, like a teddy bear, just kind of like one of those people that you just, you just want to just like really like and get to know. And, you know, I think I'm definitely a better person for it. We, you know, I've just, he's an insane guitarist. You know, I, I listen to him play. It's just some of the stuff he can walk into a room, not know what we're playing, just listen for a few, for a few seconds and then just, just rip a solo over it. Like, like it's nothing like he's like, he's known the, he's known the chart. And, you know, half the time he's not even looking at the chart. He's just, oh, yeah, I just heard it. Sounded cool. You know, like, what? Yeah, right. That's insane. And just just insane musically. And I remember I remember it was one of the big band rehearsals last year where Rick was like, because we were already starting to form, because initially it was just going to be the quartet. Um, it was going to be me, Rick, Pat, and Kendrick. And I remember one, Zach did something. And Rick and I looked at each other and was like, Zach? And we are like, yeah, Zach. And <laughs> you know true. that was that was just like where we're just like yeah and I mean that that was a great thing is that we'd all been part of this rhythm section together so I mean the foundation of us as a group is like so strong because we we know each other on a personal level as well as on a musical level and I think that really speaks volumes and of course Kendrick knows he's my brother you know we've been through it all you know yeah I, man no need for the rap for me man you no, know it's okay man you know I've <laughs> I've seen. You know, I remember you talking to me about like you just not wanting to play saxophone anymore. You know, and you talk about my and all that stuff. Yeah, I almost stopped. I almost stopped my sophomore year. I didn't want to. Yep. I didn't want to continue. And I didn't I want to at all. What was it? I met Kendrick through because I was friends with his girlfriend at the time, who was actually now his girlfriend again. she broke up with me okay she broke up with me but i I went to i went to middle school with her so i i was friends with her and she had started dating him and i remember it was it was one of those weird moments where you just kind of it was a similar thing with zach where just kind of you vibe with somebody just like just off the cut you know like and and you know initially you don't you don't really think much of it i remember this was something dumb about like a mixtape that i had um, yeah, uh, this yeah, yeah. fake fake mixtape <laughs> that that never came to life. It wasn't I mean, like, real. And I was like, man, and when you drop, and just every now and again in the in the hallway, hey Miles, when you drop your mixtape, hey man, when you drop your mixtape. <laughs> and then, eventually, uh, Kendrick and I actually both have a, a very close uh, mutual friend, Tim, uh, great Barry sax player. Yeah. You know, hopefully, we're gonna have him on some on some other stuff. Um, but. You know, I'd known Tim since second grade, and then Kendrick had known him since what was it, like like eighth grade. Eighth, eighth, yeah, early eighth. So we didn't know that that we both had that connection, but then I, I think we were talk. I was talking to Tim, and Kendrick came up to him. and was like, "Oh, he was like mixtape," and I was like, "Ah, yeah." It was like, "When you drop your mixtape?" So I think through, <laughs> through that we were able to become closer, and then from from there, you know, I've I've seen this man grow as not only as a musician but as a person. You know, I I've been there for that. You know, I've seen him go through through lows and highs and everything. And, you know, just there are not many people that I admire more than than Kendrick. And yeah, we're going to have to resurrect that mixtape. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. Are you dropping that mixtape? Uh, 
that's got that's a release secret. date on that. That's top secret. <laughs> Man, I'm liking this. This is like this is like a nice little like spreading the love podcast. No, this is a good podcast. I like yeah. it. Yeah. All right, Speaking, Zach, okay, turn. but we do have to move on. I oh, have yes, more questions for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Stop fucking go. complimenting each other. <laughs> let me yeah, and let them love each other. God damn it. <laughs> Stop spreading the love. I have to ask you more questions. Um, okay. <laughs> so what made you guys decide on jazz fusion style? I mean, it was just because uh, I think at least like for me, you know, like I was already playing um, – jazz like i recently um i also play organ so like i've been like really diving deep into that um and like just swinging real hard on that and like just um trying to really sound more of like what like the bass players of like you would probably think of like the swinging like swinging in like the 70s like that's what i'm trying to sound like on the organ so it's like really really Mm -hmm. difficult and like you know all that stuff but i was like yeah and i want that to be kind of over there (laughs) so what if i have another outlet over here (laughs) <laughs> that's like you know something a little bit more modern you know a little bit more like not necessarily like um i i guess like i i like to think of it as like i don't exactly know what the sound is you know mm-hmm. like it's still like me going through and like trying to trying to discover and describe the sound like as we're going so um because of that like we we stuck with or you know like for me came up and i said i, I kind of want to do like this jazz fusion thing i like these chords i like these rhythms i like these grooves how about we do this especially because like you know we all like we all freaking love hip-hop you know yeah like, so yeah, there's like yeah. absolutely no no way that we could just like form a band and not have at least one hip-hop groove every song <laughs> yep <laughs> that'd be a deal you know? <laughs> like hey. we, like we gotta do right. it you know so and then like on top of that too like we we all love like robert glasper we all love thundercat we all love you know like we we are listening to like the guys that are like happening right now so right. i went through and i was like well how about like we just write some tunes and play some some music similar to them but then like we add even more stuff you know let's figure out more stuff to add in in yeah. that vein like what's what's fusion for you guys specifically especially for people who might not be familiar because like you yeah. kind of touched on fusion can come in like different forms and yeah yeah and so whatnot. like when mm-hmm. i guess like a little bit of a of a history lesson starting out right fusion kind of mm-hmm. started like in the 60s in the 70s when mm-hmm. um the idea was um after you know like just when you think of like you know spangling straight ahead jazz you know um Mm -hmm. like a lot of that was going on like you know miles davis for instance you know spearhead of like the majority of stuff happening ever in jazz um he decided that he wanted to play um some stuff with rock groups he wanted to play something that was a little bit more um I, it was just different it wasn't necessarily like he he wasn't like getting anything from jazz because he still played you know jazz he still played you know like free jazz he still played you know all that all that you know like i said spangling and, and uh but he also went through and said like i want to play with uh i want to play with someone who sounds like Jimi hendrix because Jimi hendrix is cool and like i really like that sound so like i want to see right. how i could blend with that sound so he went through found like some musicians that you know could try to emulate that sound you know he, he took uh you know he took a i don't i don't want to drop a whole bunch of names because I, I feel like that's just going to confuse a whole bunch of people 
but um <laughs> you know like after like after doing that like a lot of other people were like yeah i kind of i kind of mess with this you know because in the interesting thing too that was happening especially during the 70s um was at least i believe five genres were competing for the next pop genre Mm. right so because at first right the pop genre in the 50s was very uh it was still kind of sort of jazz um but it was also a little bit of like rockabilly you know rock and roll a little bit of motown just a little bit but mostly it was like rock and roll and like you know rebel music kind of you know and that's when like the pop genre like kind of started to be in the 60s they took that a step further and like now they're going really into like that counterculture you know idea so of course a lot of uh, folk rock and um, a lot of like free form a little bit more freer forms of jazz started to become the pop genres but then in the 70s right like all the kids that were growing up in like the 50s right they liked the stuff that was happening in the 60s but they're they now already had you know they have corporate jobs or they have you know industry jobs and they're already working they're they're no longer the kids so how do we like you know how they were trying to figure out ways to apply the kids in the 70s and the ways that they were doing that was through dance so of course you know they went back to like the roots and they said okay how are we going to like make these people dance so of course that's when funk disco hip-hop um you know more like more variations of rock such as punk um i don't believe uh metal was just like right at the 70s uh i think it was a little bit a little bit later um but like just so many of these genres were really like trying to find ways to like clash with each other and like Mm -hmm. make their way through the you know to the top so because of that miles davis went and said all right bet i'm gonna do all of that and then here we go (laughs) (laughs) um so and like he and the crazy thing is like he did it like amazingly for some dumbass reason he like like it was it was amazing right he never missed he never missed in any decade he never missed um so that's like kind of fusion right because it's already like birthed from this idea of like taking what's happening right then which is so much so continuing Mm -hmm. that idea of stuff that's happening um, fusion developed into fusions of technology, fusions mm. of visual art, fusions of film, um, you know, and fusions of writing and like all of that stuff. So like, of course, when people say jazz fusion, it's kind of a, it's, it's honestly kind of a meme, you know, in the jazz community because it's mm. like, what the hell that mean, kid? it's definitely it's definitely another like it turned more into like a radio genre you know like Mm. when you think of fusion now you just think of like you know have like funk beat or like a you know rock beat or something going on and then you have like some sick michael brecker saxophonist going off right so someone just goes going and the drummer and that's it that's fusion cool you did it um Mm. like right now People are taking the modern stuff, which is hip hop and Neil Soul and just these different like like math grooves, you know, like going to like different uh, different time signatures and finding different ways to like fit into like all that stuff. That's what's popular, not just like what people are listening to, but what people are doing. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes this era of fusion different than the rest of the eras, because it was it was really based off of what people were listening to back then. But now it's just based off of what people are doing. And so I think that's a I think that's a reason why we we kind of just went through and decided we were fusion, just because right. I mean we're here we're doing it you know we're right. seeing other people do it so let's do it. 
And real quick, I feel like um, before you guys uh, go on, I feel like Fusion, in my opinion, I guess, and especially like what we do and what a lot of groups that we all listen to do, I feel like it, it, you can bob your head to it, but it also makes you think. I feel like that's just the simplest yeah. way I can explain it. Like you can bob your head to it. You can dance to it. Like you can really feel it at, at, as a pulse. <laughs> no pun intended. Ah. Like, hey. you know what I'm saying? Buy our as album. a pulse. You know, it's not out yet, but buy it. Buy it. Well, maybe by the time this goes up, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's true. But but yeah, it definitely. You definitely. You know, like you can. You can feel it. Listening to Coltrane, listening to Sonny Rollins, and a lot of those jazz bebop guys. You can't necessarily say like, "Oh, I can groove to this." You know what I'm saying? But it's it's lovely music. We all love it at heart. However, when you mix that with the Parliament with the Funkadelic, with all the George Clinton guys and, and everyone, you know, forward, that's when you have that. You can dance to it. You can jam to it. However, Earth, Wind & Fire has a lot of songs, I think, that we look at and we're like, fuck. Like, when you actually digest it, like, this shit is complex. It's not just some pushover funk or pushover fusion. So I think it has the best of both worlds. I think yeah. fusion took a break for a while in like the eighties or like what it the did, fusion yeah. in the seventies was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I remember there is an album that came out, I guess, uh, in 2021, it would be 30 years ago. Um, a band called a tribe called quest just brought back mm. old seventies fusion and would just put it as, um, Flip like it. a sample as stuff they would rhyme over. And in a way, um, I mean, Kendrick was saying, I can't remember if it was Kendrick or Ricky, they were saying that you would, that it makes you think. And in a way, like it does, but in a way, if you can bob your head, like you can get something out of um, that music, especially even if you listen to Tribe Called Quest, if you, even if you're not thinking, even if you're not able to think about what, um, what this sample is doing. If you don't like know, you don't need to know the chords that they're playing to be like, "Hey, I like this," you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, that's what got me into fusion. So, just like sh- straight away, another follow up to all of that. Like you know, I say in the intro, we kind of like to point out where all the parts of the industry connect and coincide and all that stuff so where does fusion music especially now sit in the industry like where's the market for it mm, that's I a was... oh yeah ricky you want to go i mean yeah just... um yeah because yeah. like i i like i see it <laughs> <laughs> you know like i like i see it because like that's what i was saying like with the, with the other projects and stuff that i have like um the <laughs> Fusion doesn't really exist in the money market. Mm, uh, it's yeah. not. Yeah. It's, it is yeah. not one of those things that because because <laughs> right, like I said, like it's a it's a meme, right? So whenever someone says, "Oh yeah, I play Fusion," that's so much. So because right. of that, no one yeah. knows what it does, right? So a lot of the times when you have people who play Fusion, they actually go by the other genre. So for instance, right. Robert Glasper goes R and B. Mm-hmm. right like he like his his most re- like his, i mean i i want to say like the past four albums that he's yes. had has like been the past r&b, R&B. Yeah. yeah like it's been r&b and like it, you can even look at it with like jacob collier because it started as jazz and it technically is it's jazz fusion right mm-hmm. however he's been 
you know, especially like Jesse Volume 3, he considered that to be R&B soul. He considered Jesse Volume 2 to be songwriter and folk, you know, but it's like, but it's all still technically jazz fusion, you know? Right. Um, so it, in terms of money, it, it, it barely exists, you know, unless you're doing that, like I said, like, uh, or like, like, um, like what Pat was saying, like when, like when fusion came back in the eighties, like Yamaha DX seven sounds and all those like, you know, crazy, like digital, you know, sounds stuff going on. And then like saxophonist with a, a hell of amount of reverb, like, unless you're doing that, like you're not really making money, um, from from doing that but in terms of the culture oh yeah that mm. like fusion is like probably the biggest thing right now like yeah. just the fact that like so many like that's like what is a huge deciding factor for why people move to la new york right because mm. you know that's always like the big the big spots but now that's a big reason why people move into baltimore to philly philly Right. right Miami they're moving to Chicago they're mm. you know Texas even yeah like they're like moving Austin. to Houston yeah. they're moving yeah like, they're Houston moving because because of fusion right so like that's like taken away from I shouldn't say taken away but like that's like really adding to these other places you know that's mm. adding more to that culture uh you know DC especially you know and then like just the the rest of like the the culture in terms of like what how people decide where they want to go to school you know i i've i worked with uh auditions a lot at the at umbc and i would work with you know the jazz uh jazz folks or potential jazz musicians and stuff and the question they would always ask is oh yeah like are you just gonna like tell us to focus on just like the old stuff or are you like, are we gonna play like some some modern stuff you know and like i just love the way that belzer um you know, shout out to Belzer, you know. Oh, yes. man. If oh, man. Please, please. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, <laughs> I just listen. love how Belzer put it. He said, well, first off, you know, like, we teach you everything, right? We teach, like, we're not going to, like, prepare you for 1950. 1950 right. happened, you know, so we're going to prepare you for, you know, I guess, like, for if you're coming in now, we're going to prepare you for 2025, mm. you know. Um, so, but, like, his, his whole thing, though, is he was like, yeah, but, like, don't think that the stuff's old. The stuff's barely a hundred years old. Like it's turning a hundred this decade. Now, right. Like yeah. it's like jazz itself. Like not even just like, you know, like the type of jazz we're playing on. It's like the the like jazz as a genre itself is just now turning a hundred. So like think about like how many things have happened yeah. in jazz in those just like hundred years. You know, mm. like it's 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 um so because of like usually because of that answer that has a lot of people come to umbc <laughs> yeah. yeah so which is which is like Valid. i love that you know uh yeah. just because like that's such a great answer because a lot of people they either say like oh well bebop is the the formative language of all of this and you need to learn how to play that or <laughs> like man nah like if you don't know how to play like cause if you go to berkeley right it's like yeah like if you don't know how to play um your blue scales um and you don't know how to play like these 27 other scales that actually don't exist in uh, this tuning. But if yep. you can figure out how to do that on your sax, if you don't know how to do that in like six months, uh, you're not getting any gigs. I'll see you later, kid. Right. Like, that's, exactly. That's straight up like yeah, what yeah. happens, you know? <laughs> so. And speaking like... of gigs, like what advice would you guys give to someone who wants to be like a musician, like a full time musician? 
um, don't do it right now. Just yeah. yeah, don't start now. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait for, just wait for a little bit. Wait it like out. I, I, uh, God knows we are. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess, like, well, um, I, I guess, like, for instance, like, me, Zach, and, and Pat probably have, like, the most gigging experience out of, out of this group. Um, yeah for sure so like uh for instance like like pat like what would you what would you say is like crucial 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 skills um obviously listen to jazz do your homework but (laughs) i mean i i have played um in zydeco bands i've played in jam bands i've played Mm -hmm. in punk metal jazz I mean, one of the big things is that I feel like all of, like, any genre that you choose to play, it's not going to have you forget about, um, like, all of it is useful. Right. And I think, like, the yeah. more genres you play, the more useful it will be for you. And I think that that's something that helps me maybe sound the way that I do. Not to toot mm. my own horn, but it's... Um, like, like, just basically don't pass up a gig. If somebody asks you to play on a gig and you haven't played that style before, say yes and learn as much as you can about that style. Right. Right. Versatility yeah. is key. Yeah. And yeah. listen with your ears. Mm. That's, the big, that's the big thing that I feel like this ba- what makes this band different than a lot of other bands that I've heard. We all know how to use our ears. We're not maybe all all that. I don't think of myself as all that technical, but um, I feel like all of us use our ears, and that really is maybe one of the only things that matter. Speaking of right now, what do you guys think of the music industry right now? Because you were like, "Don't do it now." (laughs) Mm. Well, that's weird. So Uh, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, think, I haven't heard from Miles in a while, so I kind of want to hear. Yeah, that. Miles, answer this one, man. Cool. <laughs> um, so I think the music industry right now. Um, I know for me, like like um, Rick was was mentioning, uh, Pat and him and Zach have really been the the ones who've done most gigging experience. I had really just started getting into gigging when all of this kind of went down. I had done a few. I had actually done a few gigs with Rick, um, outside of school. Um. And I think it's it's a very interesting landscape. I think I think there's going to have to be a shift because I don't think things are going to go back completely to normal. Um, I think a very valuable skill is to be able to record in your own home, like some of those yeah. those, those engineering skills. Um, Absolutely. That people are like, you know, like ah, oh, you know, I'll just get somebody else to do that for me. It's very valuable to be able to do that for yourself now. Um, I think it's also interesting how how the industry is adapted overall i mean mm. you know like it's still kind of like the show needs to go on because as an art i'm you know as artists we are in a way keeping society together through through what we do um you know people they they turn to us for inspiration as artists not us specifically i'm saying but like artists as a whole anybody in the arts um so it's it's very important that you know, we we are mindful of that, and I think the industry has responded well, um, in the sense that you know they're 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 fine. We're finding ways to do things, uh, whether mm-hmm. it be you know like you know like tiny desk concerts, they're happening like at home, but 
you know, that's that's content is still being put out so that it's not like people aren't sitting at home like, dang, man, everybody's sick. Oh, well, Mm. like I ain't got nothing (laughs) to listen to, nothing to watch. And I I think that's that's a really important thing that that's happening in the entertainment industry as a whole, really. Um, Yeah. And I also just to just to pitch in um, on basically piggyback off what Miles was saying, I feel like also with the shifts and everything that's happened, I feel like come next summer, which is what I'm super excited about. Hopefully we're able to record way before that. But I'm super excited about come next summer and come next fall. There is going to be such a demand for live music. Yeah. It's going to be oh, insane. Yeah. Like the yep. demand for live music is going to, I mean, ticket prices are going to go up. It's going to be astronomical. So for groups like us and other you know, groups that are smaller, I feel like the change in the music industry is honestly huge opportunity. Yeah. It's huge opportunity to get our names out there. Like right when people are coming back, oh my God, I haven't seen a group play for eight months. Who's this group? You know, I like what they had. You know, like, yeah. what else do you have? When else are you performing? You know, and people can just go out into public spaces, I feel like, and really make it happen, yeah. right? And be able to do things that they weren't necessarily able to do prior to COVID because there was a lack of demand. I feel like yeah. there wasn't as much of a demand for live music as there will be going forward. I think people, people are, are going to are, are realizing appreciate our worth it. in a way. Right. Yeah. right. Our worth is being, yeah. Right. About like, time. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. At work, everybody's like, "Oh, you're kind of important to the world." Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Any venues in the DMV area, please book us. Yeah, I've been seeing a, a lot more than I did before. Like we're all in college. On, we need to eat. social media or whatever. Of people bills. saying like, "Man, I miss live music." Like, mm-hmm. I wish we could go to live music, and I've never seen that stuff before. Before all this, ever, so. ever, dude, ever. I know. And I feel like in like when we were in like the very beginning of the pandemic, I kept seeing all this weird stuff on Facebook like, well, this has shown that football and TV and whatever is not essential when like, what have you been doing for four months? What have you been (laughs) sitting on the couch doing? What have you been doing like Mm. to go to not go crazy? Like just because things aren't happening immediately doesn't mean you're not sitting watching Netflix or listening to your favorite music or I just thought that was very strange. That was a very strange yeah, response to everything that was going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. So I do have, we do a little segment every time. Zach is familiar with this little yeah, segment yeah. we do. So it's called the shut up and let me do it moment. Because we feel like in this industry, there's like a moment of unexpected validation where you realize like how much you've grown. Like you can either say out loud or just in your head, like, shut up. I got this. I can do this. So can each of you give us like a little moment that you felt like, yeah, this is where I belong. Mm. Shut up. Let me do it. And I don't care who starts. Anybody who is comfortable with that question. <laughs> That's I a big so question. Much. So I'll go last. <laughs> 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 I guess no um... one's actually thinking, so I'll go first. <laughs> okay. I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I've already, I've already said something before. Yeah, I, so. I, already, I have <laughs> like, I have at least like 10 answers like already like go off <laughs> go off um so i guess like one of the the biggest one of those 10 um this was when in uh college i i guess this is my sophomore year at this point um i was already like kind of one step ahead of like the track you know that bells are set up for for like the majority of his of his jazz students he likes to usually say oh yeah like by your junior recital you have 
one honors recital um, like that you led in your belt, and then you have at least one honors recital you've been a part of. I've already led at that point two and been in four. I've been in all of them. I've actually been in every single honors recital my whole time at UMBC. So, um, so at this point, right, like people are like calling me up saying like, hey, like you play this gig, you play that gig. Um, so sophomore year is when like I first started playing Oregon or at least the Oregon patch. That's when it, that's when it was really just the Oregon patch. But, um, <laughs> but that's also when like I was getting like really serious about what exactly to practice and how to like really get my voice into, um, into my playing. So I had a lesson, you know, I had, I had my lesson. And in the lesson, every single time I would go there, um, you know, my, my, my lessons instructor, Harry, Harry Appleman, he went through and I would play something and he said, yeah, like it sounds good, but like the lines aren't clean. The lines aren't clear. It sounds fuzzy, right? So I would always, I, I, like at this point, I'm like, what, what do you mean? the lines aren't clear what, what, what does that mean and he said well they're just not they're not like clear they're not clean and i'm just sitting here like what 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 does that mean and at, at this lesson i remember actually yelling at him i remember actually like just getting like very loud and like basically at like the you know on the edge of like crying right because i was just like I, you said this so much and i still have no idea what it means what does this mean what do you like what are you looking for what are you like trying to like do you hear like what do you and he said well it sounds like you know you're just kind of like stumbling onto like a lot of ideas and like all this stuff i said no i'm not stumbling onto all of the ideas there's of course some that like i will run with right but from here right like i played this on purpose right every time you say that i played this note right you're like oh yeah, yeah that sounded like a mistake it's like no i played that I wanted that to be there. I played it because of this. I wanted it because this, 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 and that. And from that moment, not only did he go, oh, oh, okay. All right, let me, let me hear it again. So I played again and then he, like, he, like, he actually changed. Like he actually went like, oh, oh, okay. So like, you are actually like playing it. Cause I did, I did the same shit, right? Like I, I played like the same mistakes right yeah i played the same like scales and the same like ideas and all that stuff right he went through and he was like oh it's just not in the bebop vocabulary mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. like it's it's like very very similar right so and then like from there that's when like i just like i felt more confident to show that in my other gigs you know especially like playing organ especially playing you know piano i played a couple gigs somehow some way i played a couple gigs on drums and bass um but you know, like I, that's like that's like what I what I did, and that was the the big moment that like I feel like the confidence definitely went up because even if I like make a mistake, I know that like that's still like something that like happened here in my heart, right? I knew mm-hmm. that like because like how I think of mistakes is they're not necessarily mistakes; it's just something your mind didn't think to do. It's something mm-hmm. that your body instead decided to do, and that's still you. So it's not a mistake if I'm playing it. Nice. So, yeah, for me, uh, real quick, for me, the moment, I think I realized where I was comfortable as a musician, and I became, not necessarily comfortable, I became confident, was uh, my freshman year, my fall semester, I came in audition for big band. Um, I was working about 30 hours a week, so my schedule was conflicted, so I told Belzer, I said, hey, like, if I can't play in big band, I can't play. 
you know, like that was, that was it. I had the opportunity to play there. Um, so I auditioned and the audition went pretty decent. Um, I think I played like blue monk or some simple tune, like it went decent and I get an email and he didn't email me afterwards. He told me it was great. He emails literally, I think a week before we started and we get the lineup for big band. And mind you, I auditioned on alto. I played alto. Like that was my, my instrument. That's what I played. And he put me on Barry and I never touched a Barry before in my entire life. Like that was something I had zero experience with Tim, who we talked about earlier. He plays Barry. That's his stuff. Um, so to put me on Barry, like for me, that was just monumental. Cause I'm playing with the bass. Like that's a huge part because I'm holding down a lot of the low notes. Like if those are gone, trombones can carry me a little bit, but I think we were short that semester. We didn't have the full amount. It was like two. Yeah. So I was like, damn, like I, you know, and I I pulled him to the side and similar to Ricky, I guess that was the heart to heart I had with Belzer. Like I wasn't angry, but I was kind of confused. And I was like, Hey dude, like you're trusting me with a little too much. Like I'm not even 18 yet. Like, I don't know if I can do this, you know, whatever. And he just looked at me and he was like, you're going to do it. And I, I told, he's like, I could have gotten someone else to do it who played mm-hmm. Barry. Like he had other options. He had a Barry yes. player that he knew that he could have called. And he said, no, I think you'll be the best. Like, I, I know you'll be the best because I heard what you can do on alto. And if you can translate that to Barry, you'll make it work. And I mean, I, I wasn't excellent, but we played anthropology, we played some hard tunes and like, I, I did it. it. Excellent. You know? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I, I don't okay. know, man. I don't know. Okay. I, I, up, like... I straight up thought you were a Barry player that whole time. <laughs> straight up. <laughs> and then you were like, yeah, this ain't even my horn, man. I said, nigga, get the fuck. <laughs> the podcast, Rick. <laughs> I can say that. Podcast. No, it's okay. It's okay. I can say that. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh, where we can say it the whole time? <laughs> oh, that's what I forgot to myself. tell them in the beginning that if they curse, it's okay. <laughs> we had yeah. to just check the boxes as explicit. Yeah, it's fine. Oh boy, I'm about to go off. Uh-oh. <laughs> Somebody oh, else go before me, though. I never said heck before. <laughs> oh dang! Oh. Darn. Oh, who's who's up next? You're up mm-hmm. next, boss. Oh, is it me? Is yep. me right now? Okay. Yep. Um. So I, I actually have like, I think it came in stages for me. I think the first instance where I was like, okay, maybe I'm. It was it was freshman year when I got thrown into that super group. Um. <laughs> We were kind of stacked at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like sitting there like, I'm bases. I have to hold these guys down. So, you know, what's going on? And I remember Tom Lagana, the, the director, mm-hmm. shout out Tom. Um, shout out Tom. <laughs> um, I w- forgot what tune we were playing. I think it, it might have been um, Have You Heard by a Pat Metheny tune. Um, and after one of the runs we did, it must have been, it was really good. It was a good run. You know, everything was feeling good. We we usually did a pretty good job with that tune. People people liked to hear us play that tune. Yeah. Um and I remember after one of the rehearsals, Tom looked at me and he's like, Are you a music major? And I was like, uh like Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Is there something wrong? And he was like, No, nothing wrong at all, actually. Like, that's good. And I think that was one of that, that first moment where I was like, Oh, okay. 
Like, oh, I ain't got a little clout. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the second major moment was at the end of that semester for the honors recital. Mind you, I'm still a provisional major at this at this point in time. Nobody knows who I am, except for these, these you know, these three other guys in this group. And Ahmed, the guitarist in the group, uh, we played his tune for the for that honors recital. And I remember, you know, that was just a, a great big moment of exposure for me. It's like I can do this in front of people, and people like to hear what I'm playing. Um, hard ass tune. <laughs> it was really hard. Because like I mean, like the bass was do 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 the whole time, the whole time. Yep. And I and I had to hold that down by myself the entire time. Um, Jesus Christ. And then mm-hmm. I think the third major moment, three of four. Third major moment was back in February, end of, back in the end of February, the Vince Jericho concert. Um, just, oh, man. we, it was like a Latin jazz, like we, who, we went off. Like that was, it was a really good concert. Um, hmm. And I remember, you know, just Vince telling me like, like, dude, holy shit. Like, yeah. And I remember, you know, people coming after me, after, up to me afterwards. There's a guy who was like, you know, like, you were my favorite part of that concert. You know, I was just sitting up there, you know, playing tune bows the entire time. You know, like, ah, this is fun. I love this. It's great. You know, just dancing on stage. And that could have been part of it is that I was just I was like really enjoying what I was doing. And, you know, um, Matt Belzer, our professor and the director of the, the big band, he comes up to me afterwards. Like, he's like, my drummer said that, that he really likes you. Like, he really likes how you play. And I was like, whoa. You know, this is a drummer who's playing with players on the caliber of, of Matt Bells. If you don't know who Matt, who check that man out. <laughs> yeah. Man can. Oh, Lord. And that's, that's He's the best that, saxophone player I've ever heard in person. Easy. Like, easy. That, like, easy. Yeah, and you heard, like, he heard Kamasi. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. We, yeah, it's true. We've heard Kamasi Washington. He's, he's better than he's better than him. He's better than him. He's better than him. He's better than him. Anywho, yeah. let's let's not let's not do that to Kamasi. <laughs> I love Kamasi. I love Kamasi, dude. I love Kamasi. I love Kamasi. But but you know, like that that's a player on on that level. You know, saying you know like, dude, you're really good. Like, dude, and a drummer at that. Like I was talking about the, between a bassist and a drummer. Like, if a drummer is telling you as a bassist, like. Yeah, you're killing that. Like that's that means everything, especially on with somebody of that caliber. I think the last moment was uh, the setup for the uh, not the honors recital, the um, the departmental recital that we did right before lockdown happened. Um, my teacher, Tom Baldwin. Tom, Tom Baldwin. Tom. This man is so good. Like I'm, I'm like sitting in a lesson. I'll sit there. And I'll be like, ah, man, how do I play this? And he'll t- be like, give me your bass. And I know, like, as soon as he says, give me your bass, like, I'm just going to, I'm going to be sad. Because he'll just, <laughs> <laughs> he'll just, like, the way that he just, just he just makes it so effortless. And he'll be like, and he'll just hand it back, be like, uh, play it like that. Like, that's how mm. it'll be. And he'll just be like, just, just do it like that. I'm like, what? What the fuck? Like Tom. <laughs> <laughs> that man's definitely has a seat at Mount Olympus. That's yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So like I'm sitting there and this is person I'm like, oh man, how am I ever going to like reach this person in terms of my playing? You know, like this like this is someone I look up to as a player, you know, he's my teacher. And it's also weird because he's like in lessons, he's not the two Toms, Tom Lagana, Tom Baldwin. Tom Lagana is very animated in his personality, I would say. Oh, yeah. And Zach, Zach can attest to that. Um, uh-huh. And Tom Baldwin, 
is just like like just the most stoic you know like okay how was your week okay that's cool <laughs> but what's new in the base world and i've fortunately i've gotten to laugh a few times this semester over zoom but that's that's just me to my own horn at this point yeah Damn. just being stupid um but <laughs> that's how it goes <laughs> um but you know like it just you know he's just like this stoic base machine and he came up to me because uh, Professor Belser had emailed. He's like, uh, they need more people for this departmental recital. And he's like, you got something? Just do it. And, you know, for me, like, in in it, in his own little way, he kind of said, like, I believe in you. Like, you got this. Like, I'm not asking any of my other students to do this. You have this. You know, this is, this is a, a, it's a showcase, you know, of what you've been doing. It's an honors recital. So it's not for, like, stuff like, Oh, you know, this is what I've been practicing and everything is like, what do you got? Like, this is like, you have this down, you know, and you want to show, you want to show the department what's going on. And for Tom, someone who I, who I look up to as a, as a musician, you know, to just be like, to basically just be like, yeah, you got it. Just do it. You know, like, I don't need to hear what you have. Like, just do it. You have something, right? Cool. Go ahead. And for him to know that that was something that I wrote, you know, was like, whoa you know here i thought i'm sitting here you know two years as this guy's student i'm just thinking he's like all right teach this kid bass and then i'll leave and you know he's like really like he's he's been he sees something in me to be able to say you know like not only do i believe in this guy as as a bassist i also know that that he has potential as a composer as well which really pushed me to be like okay yeah now i got this um, and that's kind of like where I've, I've gotten myself to where I'm like, all right, I don't have to worry about what anybody else tells me. I know I got this. I don't care if, you know, A, B or C can play, can do this, this or that better than me. I know that I got this. You know, I know at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I need to do. And nobody can tell me otherwise. Mm. And that's my segment. <laughs> that's my segment. The end. <laughs> you gotta end an essay. <laughs> In conclusion. And they lived happily ever after. The end. Hope you enjoyed my paper. Thanks for so I guess that would be Zach or Pat then. Pat, you um, Sure. Um, mine was early, early on. This was probably right before I wanted to take drums seriously. I probably wanted to take drum. I was taking my first like serious private drum lessons when I was I don't know eight. Mm. Um, so this was like early, early on. I was seven years old, and um, every year my parents would take me to a, a festival in New Orleans called Jazz Fest, and. Um, believe this was one of the days we didn't go it was a wednesday the festival would start on thursdays and so we're walking around and i am a uh, as a seven-year-old kid not like most seven-year-old kids i was a huge fan of uh this movie called the blues brothers mm. and <laughs> i um and i was walking around the house of blues gift shop in new orleans with my mom and I was looking at all the cool Blues Brothers stuff they had. The cashier comes up to us and she says, I'm going to get fired 
for telling you this, but the uh, the owner of the House of Blues um, restaurant, Dan Aykroyd, is right next door sitting at a table. So we uh, we made the smart decision, and we uh, we thought about it, and we uh, hightailed it out of the House of Blues gift shop. Um, <laughs> and we. I I think I like stood outside with my dad or something like that of the House of Blues um of the restaurant while my mom went in found the table he was at and was like basically just put like a feeler out like my son's a huge fan he's seven years old would you be willing to talk to him and uh, he's like oh yeah of course like bring him in. And uh, I remember wow. talking to him, and he was talking to me like, I mean, he was talking to me like I was at the age that I am now, which is, I don't know, 26, and I was seven. Mm. And that automatically just, like, made me grow up, and he, like, uh, I remember, like, early on, like, he asked, one of the, maybe one of the first things he asked me was, like, so, Patrick, like, what do you do for a living? And I said, like, <laughs> oh, I'm, and I I'm just seven. said to him, well, I just said to him, like, well, I'm a drummer. And he's mm. like, oh, yeah, all these guys are, all these guys are drummers at this table. It's like a table of, I don't know, seven people. Um, and I just remember talking to him about music. And he was like, like, yeah, you definitely have what it takes. Mm. And like That's, if my damn. if my hero, like Dan Aykroyd or anyone uh of that like caliber tells you you can do it even when you're seven years old, I was like, Okay, this is just what I have to do. I don't care if I um if I make money, doesn't matter. If people like what I put out, it doesn't matter. I have to do this. So that was my, um, I, I have a bunch of moments, but that was my moment that I feel like really carries me through the bad days where I'm like, why the heck am I doing this? That's why. Mm. <laughs> so wow. crazy that like Pat, damn. response That's crazy. at seven years old to what do you do for a living <laughs> is I'm a drummer. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> like, I don't, right. you know, I don't. You know, not to get like religious and spiritual, but I'm about to get religious and spiritual. Um, uh oh, no matter what you know, what <laughs> Lord you follow, no matter what God you follow, believe in, don't believe in, or anything like that, like that's that's something because, like, you know, there'd be there'd be a lot of folks in that situation where they would just be like, Well, I'm seven years old, I don't, you know, I. Uh, I don't do anything for a living. Like I, I just live, you know, or like I'm just like at my mom's house or something like mm -hmm. that. But like something like just in that moment told you you're a drummer. I was a drummer. If I know? wasn't so assured of myself that I was yeah. a drummer, I don't know if I would have had that same right. conversation with him. Right. Right. So like right. it's just like 
Oh man, that's just that, that's, that's huge. Just, that's amazing. That's so cool. I'm trying <laughs> Again, to find a way yeah. to get in touch with him. Like I have an autograph so that I could like send him a picture. Like I'm not like a stalker or anything. Remember me? Right, right. I, I did have a conversation like, uh, with you. Twenty yeah. years or nothing like that. But yeah. uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I guess it's my turn. That's um, how. Please don't talk. Oof. What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't talk. Oh. All right, fine. Oh, don't be like that, no, man. No, please, um, please, come on, Zach. I don't remember. I don't remember what I. Fuck, fuck you. Oh, what if it's um, Zock? Can we call him Zock? Because that no, oh, yes. <laughs> it's not yes. my name. That's, yeah, that's free oh. metal, man. <laughs> uh, I I don't remember what I said last time. Uh, it might be a repeat. I I can't Fine. remember. Probably is. But um, I don't know. Honestly, I feel like I'm sort of on the on, on a on the cusp of uh, a, a, like a real moment like this because I've been working. Like, I'm not at school, but I've been taking lessons with um, Tom Lagana, who we've mentioned a couple times. Um, and we've been working on, like, a bunch of different tunes and different, like, uh, like techniques to approach these things. Um, so I feel like I'm really close to evolving my playing. And as soon as that happens, I feel like um, that's going to be, you know, when I'm, when I'm fine. Because I, I've spent a lot of my, um, you know, music career, I guess kind of kind of doubting myself a little bit I've, I've always had this idea of like oh man i could be better like i'm not where i want to be like i know i could do some really like great stuff and i can see it but like i'm not there yet i think i'm close um so i guess i don't know i'll i'll <laughs> i'll come back to you guys whenever that happens okay fair enough <laughs> things, but but things that i think other things that um, I think have really helped propel me and, and be more confident as being in, invited to be a guitarist for things. Because I didn't, like before, like my experience before, like in high school and, you know, getting into college was like, I was auditioning for things. Like I had to ask to like be in a band. I had to ask to, you know, go to this program for this. I had to ask to be in the small groups or whatever. But, you know, I think the first time, one of the first times I got asked to do something like as a jazz guitarist was um, Stude Mike, who's another guitarist at UMBC mm. came up to me yeah. and he's like, hey, I have this gig, um, but I have to like go up to see my girlfriend or whatever, so I can't do it. Uh, can you sub for me? That's right, I remember. And I remember, I remember thinking, like, what, me? Man. You, you can't find somebody else? I mean, I didn't say that, <laughs> but that's what I was thinking. And I said, yeah, I guess. Sure. And I think I think that was the gig. I think it was, yeah, was the one Rick we didn't and Miles for and like, yeah, Pat. For like yeah. seven months. We didn't get paid till like, the pandemic started. It was fun fact. I still, I still haven't done the W nine for that or whatever. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I feel like I feel like they just forgot about it. I'm not. I, I think um, at that point, um, I think they, I think Belzer actually just paid us personally. Yeah, and mm -hmm. he did. Yeah, he, and then he just got paid. 
so he's the only one that has to be on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that, that happened. That was a really great gig, by the way. But wow. that was something to wow. getting getting asked yeah, getting asked to do that to sub for somebody was pretty huge for me. And then, you know, during that gig, I remember I was doing a solo. We I think we played Black Narcissus on that one too. Ooh. What did we play um, Narcissus? Or we Nardis, played on that. We played Nardis. Yeah, we played Nardis. We Nardis played, was the one that. Oh, Nardis. it was Nardis. Nardis. Yeah, like Nardis. Belzer, yeah, Belzer was Nardis. sitting there making faces and like. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah. I remember. I remember finishing a solo, and I kind of saw. I don't know. I didn't. I don't think I like looked at him, but like I saw Belzer kind of make a face. Like that was yeah. pretty good. That that was pretty big <laughs> for me because I was like, what? What's he doing? <laughs> Saying I'm like, good. This is weird. <laughs> And then I got asked to play in the, uh, there's this other dude, Danny, at, at school. He's Stucky on Spotify, if you want to check him out. Shout out Stucky. Mm. Shout out Stucky. Stucky. I'm trying to get he... Stucky on the podcast. Tell him to answer my text message. <laughs> okay. I'll text him right now. Hey, I know I haven't like t- talked to you in like f- four months, but get on this podcast. Um, <laughs> he asked. He asked me too to play you know, guitar in his band. And that was a, a pretty different experience because his stuff is kind of like, you know, spacey, like acid rock kind of type thing. It was really fun. I, I was using a lot of effects with my pedals. Um, and then, you know, Ricky was like, I think it was Ricky came up to me yeah. and was like, hey, you want to play in what we now know as Sunstrider? So that sort of <laughs> thing, like I've I've sort of realized a little bit you know, or I've I've been building up confidence a little bit in, in, in my playing because I've just kind of assumed. I think my 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 thing is that I've just kind of compared myself to, you know, really big players, like like really yeah. good players. Like, I mean, Pat Metheny is one. Uh, I, whenever I listen to math rock, I'm like, oh, I could do that tapping stuff, and it's like I know I can, but like, I'm not there yet. I think I'm close, but I think um. My confidence has been building, and, and getting invited to to play stuff is is uh, is really cool for me. I have a very important, absolutely life changing question for you. Are you ready? Yeah, hit us. What's your favorite food? <laughs> you guys go first. Damn. Uh, I've answered this question. Before. I'm like legitimately stumped right now. <laughs> like, I know. I know my favorite food. And I've been trying to change it for the past four years because I'm lactose intolerant. Uh, it's macaroni and cheese. It is not just like, uh, you know, like when I say like my favorite food is mac and cheese, like I will eat all forms of macaroni and cheese. I'm not like I'm not an elitist when it comes to like all this shit. Like hand me the craft, like hand me the, you know, the, the, the craft box. Aim me the craft microwavable bowl. Aim me the Velveeta microwavable bowl. The Velveeta oh, box. Yeah, yeah. You know, grandmother's homemade mac and cheese. Mac and Easy cheese mac. at Boston Market. Mac and cheese at um, KFC. That's actually one of my personal favorites. Um, yeah. But the, just like so much. Like I remember like that's what got me into grilled cheese and co. Because uh, they had uh, the Thanksgiving leftovers uh, sandwich, which was mac and cheese and, and ham. I think it was Ooh. turkey as well, but um, oh, I tasted mostly of uh, ham and, and mac and cheese, but like it was so good. And I was like, I need to keep doing this, but my stomach says, please stop. <laughs> you can make some super like amazing dairy free mac and cheese. And it's like, I could. it's not, it's weirdly not hard though. 
Like I will say, no. it's weirdly not hard, and you can get it at the grocery store, like in a box. Yeah, right. Julianne's Julianne's yeah, got the recipes for that shit. Like I, I know, like um, there's a uh, one brand. I think it's Amy's. They're good. Yeah. Yeah, Amy's. like they they made like the rice mac and cheese, which was like act not cheese cheese with a Z because like you can't uh, yeah actually have like dairy unless like dairy's in it. Um, right. So, but like they kind of stopped. I shouldn't say stop making it, but they like definitely slowed down in making it because I have not seen it in every store that I've been to so far for like the past like year. So the one we get a lot that comes in a box is called Daya, I guess is how you say Daya. it. Daya, okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, my um, you know older roommate or you know former roommate, I guess now, um, he uh, actually has a milk allergy. Like as okay. in like if he if he eats Ooh. milk, his throat will just close and. In bad times like he he Ooh. will probably die if he does not get an EpiPen like in the next five minutes <laughs> so oh yeah, like he, that was his that was his brand all the time yeah so. that wow he was allergic to everything wasn't he yes <laughs> he's allergic to uh what is it it's gluten dairy uh nuts that's right he was like he's still not uh, oh he's allergic he's like to quinoa sweet. Yes, he's allergic to quinoa. I feel like you've told me this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Oh, what else? There's like so much other stuff that he's. Oh, latex. He's allergic to latex. Um, Whoa. He's allergic to. Um, fuck. There's like a whole bunch of stuff that he's allergic. He has like a whole card that he has to give to restaurants, basically, to say Damn. like, "Hey, if any of this stuff is in the food or like has ever touched the pan in the past like ten minutes, I can't have it." Like. <sighs> Yeah, it, it, it's insane. But like, I, um, it's actually kind of funny though, because like, it's, um, it's him and then um, my my good friend Katie. Um, we're all like really, really bad. Like in terms of like, um, just like what we have to eat, you know. Like of course, like my my level is like probably the lowest because like you know I'm just lactose intolerant. Um, it's a it's a bad form of lactose intolerant, but it's still just lactose intolerance. Um, but my friend Katie has diabetes, so she has to watch for carbs. Um, the most, you know, most most thing is, is watching for that. So there'd be a lot of times where, you know, we go out to eat and it's like, okay, we got to figure out, you know, because we'd be Jeremy as well. We got to figure out, okay, what actually works for all of us that like won't like won't like either make us upset, do you know mess with our blood sugars or kill us. <laughs> so, wow. uh, so, uh, so uh. usually, like, so like when I found the rice mac and cheese. I, I kind of opened up their world and they were like, oh, bet. Thanks, Rick. Wow. And then they told me about some <laughs> cool things on the menu at Chipotle. And I was like, hey, that's what's up. But yeah, mac and cheese, definitely. Ah, yes. Definitely when, when, when are you going to drop that mac and cheese tier list, though? That's uh, true. When is that going? Fuck <laughs> so, the mixtape. Like... Where's, where's the tier list going? <laughs> so I found, um, there's a, um, I feel like, I, I, I'd imagine that a lot of y'all might know who Binging with Babish is. Um, uh, yeah, I watch but, uh, it like you know, several times a week. I, yeah, I, exactly, I exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but basically, like, he he comes up, you know, he has like recipes and all stuff. At first, you know, the the whole thing like dealing with shows, it always be something related to a show. But he also has mm-hmm. the basics with Babish session or segment, um, and one of those was mac and cheese. So he did three levels of mac and cheese. Um, the first one was like a a really easy like basic version where you're just like oh yeah like boil some some uh some stuff boil some some whatever your pasta you choose and then uh, as long as it's not spaghetti um and then throw some shredded cheese up in that bitch and let it melt and then mix it yeah y'all ever had spaghetti (laughs) mac and cheese i have 
I've had sp- I've had spaghetti. I've had is it uh, good? Fettuccine. I've had uh, yeah. I mean, like it's it's technically just mac and cheese. It's just long. Like if like if you're not expecting to like cause I guess like that was the thing too like I was expecting to go into it and just like just you know let the let the noodle go in, you know? So like I, I was ready for it. Oh, if you're not prepared for it though, it's gonna let the noodle right. go in. It's gonna oh. <laughs> oh my god. But, uh, and, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, pasta you're choosing, you know, put the cheese up in there and then bam, you're done, right? And then he was like, yeah, this is honestly, like, pretty whack and, like, it's not really, like, that much going on here. So let's, like, just improve this. So he improved it by, um, you know, doing milk. Um, he add what did he do? Milk. Uh, I think it's, like, two parts milk, one part water, I think he did, to add creaminess to it. Um, like, the specific type of noodle that he chose, like, holds, like, the cheese in, like, special ways, wherever the fuck um and but he also went through and he added cayenne pepper and dijon mustard mm. so and i was like okay that sounds pretty interesting you know i have not i have yet to experience you know either of those things cayenne pepper or dijon mustard so you know i'll give it a try and on top of that he went through and he did a combination of shredded cheddar and shredded american cheese mm. um shredded american cheese is really fucking hard because <laughs> you got to just take those craft singles and just stack them on top of each other <laughs> and they just go so but like i i did it and like i've been like kind of changing the recipe like myself a little bit um it's technically not mac and cheese because it doesn't have like whatever the the cream is called officially um yeah again like i said i'm not a mac and cheese elitist so i you know if it if it has noodle <laughs> And cheese, it's mac and cheese to me. I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's a be- but, it's um, such a beautiful creation. Yeah. But like it, it's, <laughs> it's pretty good. I, I just added I added butter and um I think recently I've been trying I've been attempting to add in little bits of sweet baby rays. So, yeah, so it's it's been it's been pretty good. So of course, you know, me being biased, that's by that's top tier. Connoisseur. Well, what, are we dropping the tier list right now? Yeah, behind my, behind my <laughs> this... Don't drop it on the podcast. Don't yeah, drop well, it on wait. the podcast. Save it. Save it. We need, ex- we need extra want. content. That's extra content, Rick. Con- okay, I get you. I a get part you. two where it's only mac and cheese. Right. First, vi- first video <laughs> on the YouTube Clicks. channel? We're still on your favorite food, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bro, speaking of mac and cheese, y'all remember oh, that mac God. and cheese pizza, though? Hold up, though. No, no, Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, mac and cheese pizza. Y'all remember that mac and cheese pizza, though? What restaurant yeah. was that at? I remember that's that. A, that's at um, uh, Pizza that's Pizza. That's at Pizza Pizza near our in, school. Yeah, like, that's in Catonsville, right? Like, yeah, in Catonsville. Like, I missed that jump so... Oh, the mac and cheese pizza. That was delicious. So yes. Yeah, that was delicious. Like, it was that in the... What was the hamburger was pizza? Hamburger yeah. pizza was elite. Mm. Yeah, it's not like... Because, like, I know, like, Papa John's got some hamburger pizza type shit. Mm. So does Domino's. Uh, yeah. Please pay me. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> like, Same as well. Drive out to York, funny, boy. Man. Deliver pizza in York. Just, hey, <laughs> ask for miles. I'll deliver. Fucking, what is that? Like an hour and a half, two hours. It's an hour and a half for a damn ask pizza. Ask for miles. I'll drive some miles. <laughs> B minus. Bars. Hey, 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 look. That, that that gets it. I guess the game. So, <laughs> yep. 
Okay. I guess my favorite food, real quick, is fettuccine alfredo. I love that. That'll do it. I love that. I love it. See, I like that, Kendrick. Succinct to the point. Just quick. Let's get the food out the way. Get the food. See, I had to didn't explain. Have to, didn't have to write an essay, give a fucking TED talk. <laughs> Alfredo, no, Olive Garden, Red Lock, Alfredo. I will most definitely Bang. give a TED talk. Grant Alfredo. edits this. I think he's going to cry a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, man. No, it's funny. It's a... <sighs> oh, somebody else um, go. Fucking mac and cheese. <laughs> I would probably have to say uh, my favorite kind of feud is like anything with barbecue. Um, mm. I have, uh, for Thanksgiving, I put, uh, ribs on my smoker at home and they were Ooh. amazing. Smoked ribs would have to be my favorite food. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Tell you what, I got some smoking ribs, you know? <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what in God's name, Zach? Max got that baby back. Oh, no. Oh, God. Wait. Ugh. Whoa. Y'all ever had a baby uh, back? It's part of your body to point out there, Zach. Oh, <laughs> you know, ribs. People like ribs. Yeah. yeah. Big ribs back. Big ribs. ribs back. There it goes. Yeah. Yeah, McDonald's, sponsor us. Too. <laughs> oh yeah, the McRib is back. Yep, McDonald's. I'm loving it. Easy. Come on, somebody. We will, we will sell out McDonald's. Yeah, Trust I me. Will also let out. Like, I'll, I'll let you know right lot. now. McRib let me talk to Ronald. Let me put on his suit. It's fine. Uh, to, let me talk hey, to Ronnie. Real quick. <laughs> Where's my man Ron at? Somebody get Ronald on the phone. <laughs> Mickey D. Ron, what is up? Uh oh. Okay, before the, before this g- goes any further, around. Oh. Miles, say your favorite. Oh. Food. Oh. Yeah, Miles. There's Pat with his dad jokes. We love hey. it. <laughs> um, shoot, my favorite food. It's probably fried catfish because it's I can make it and I mm, magnifique. Make it. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me tell so you, you can make it. Like, does that mean like, oh yeah, like you know I can? No, I just put the seasoning. No, I put the seasoning okay. everything. Trust me, trust me. I got my okay. own blend. It's cool. I, All right. Yes. I expect a plate. Cool. In the future. Not, oh not word. Right yeah. No, I got not you. Right so right I guess now. are we I, just calling Zach's favorite food his own ribs? Is that <laughs> <laughs> myself? Yes. 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 You know what? I just. <laughs> you know this wrist looking kind of good right now Ooh. he's a little salt though you know? <laughs> Zach taking my ideas <laughs> man oh, I don't know what the fuck to say I believe Zach's answer food. the first time we asked him this question was all of it all of it oh was it yeah, wait or was that Ben right. was that Ben or Zach I don't know someone it feels you... it feels more like Ben would say I think that. I think we <laughs> asked Ben and I think he just went my favorite food all and that yeah. was the answer i feel i ben, think zach's i do like food though i think zach said like burger burger i probably I think he said did, burger. i remember listening to it I, th- I think that is what he said i think he said burgers don't worry i'm always listening to you zach yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah burgers i like some i like some classic americano cuisine burgers you got your pizza mm. uh which is 
fucking one of the most versatile foods ever, and I love it so much. Domino's. Um, uh, <laughs> stop trying to plug yourself. We're not going to order from you. As a fucking delivery driver, he's plugging himself, man. Like, that's what you need. That's, driver, that's the man. drive. That's the drive right there that you need to survive. Zach, please come back. I beg of you. Somebody's <laughs> epically freezing. Oh, no. Oh, no. This connection. Uh, now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> McDonald's. Oh, God. Domino's. Sunstriders. Uh, brought to you by McDonald's. Fire <laughs> album. I guess, Elena, if you want to if you want to just go ahead with the next one. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the next question. Oh no. Okay. So, um, a question that is quite the opposite of the question we just asked you. What Favorite are your food? life goals? Oh, uh, to eat mac and cheese. And <laughs> yep, not, there it was. That's my life goal, honestly. <laughs> to oh, not man. like eat mac and cheese and then have my stomach just punch the fuck out of me. <laughs> 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 oh man uh whoops oh, yeah. connecting he's back people. he's back i'm here my house back does this back. fucking stupid dumb shit where if somebody uses the microwave the internet cuts out <laughs> oh my god so that's what's so like... a router somewhere else it's in the basement it's not even anywhere near it <laughs> Like, mom, I gotta use the computer. Nobody microwave anything. And I can't wait any longer. It's so fucking weird. Like, like, routers, like, they will get affected by microwaves because, like, um, they're very similar in frequencies. Mm -hmm. Um, Or at least, like, they're, like, related. You know, it's, like, double their half, wherever the fuck. That's crazy. That's what I was like. Just gotta eat your Domino's pizza cold. <laughs> Gotta eat your McDonald's big rib. I swear, if this motherfucker plugs himself one more time. <laughs> Gotta drink your yeah. shamrock oh shake cold. Oh, I guess. I guess though, to finish what I was saying before I fucking died. Move uh, on to a new question, Zach. <laughs> yeah. Burgers, pizza, <laughs> chicken oh sandwich, goodness. chicken sandwiches. Them shits are good. French fries, like chili fries and shit. Chili dogs with cheese, you know? You're you're good you're good oh, American food. That's my shit. Okay, so what was uh, what was the, the next hangout. question? What is your <laughs> life? No, he's good. He's good. No. Yep, that pretty much answered it. I yeah, want to answer the question. No, that you answered the question. You actually <laughs> answered the question. Yeah. My life goals are fucking chili dog <laughs> and Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yes. yes, that's why I say you were literally Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh man. No, I'm answering this other question, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Man, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> After all that. Right, right. Well, you said something last time. I, I don't remember what it was, but you it said was, something. It, it was probably, like, go somewhere with, like, Sunstrider and record yeah, my own know. stuff. It was definitely that. It was... And just go back and watch that episode. Whatever. Sick. <laughs> I, it was definitely make it with the bands. Um, yeah. Oh, and Stucky, too. I want to keep yeah, doing yeah. that. Remember when your yeah. life goal was to have a circular house? Oh, I fucking remember that. <laughs> I had this whole, like... That sounds Mr. Chili, chili Dog over here. <laughs> I, I had this whole... <laughs> yeah, it's I had this whole... Uh... Just keep running in a circle. 
<laughs> I had this whole mansion thing mapped out. I remember I tried to learn Zach. Google. It would be a fucking circle mansion. Yeah, like, <laughs> like this. <laughs> like a big ass ball. <laughs> I could, it's just like a spread of like a, you know what, shut the fuck up. <laughs> me and Zach in independent study in high school was me studying for other classes and him being like, so what if my house looked like this? <laughs> oh yeah, dude, I fucking remember that. Was that, was that senior year or junior year? I think that was senior year because they let us just kind of do whatever. Somehow we got all yeah. that done, but I don't know, it was... It, was. it was just like, hey, can I have an independent study this period? Yeah, sure, whatever. Nobody's in that room. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's pretty sick class, honestly. Also, your college. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Does anybody else have life goals? Uh, yeah, yes, you just gotta give me a minute. I'm trying to make mine not an essay. It's okay, Ricky. It's just fucking around. <laughs> um, I guess I'll go next. Um, I think my life goals generally just to be like content in what i'm doing like to be like at a comfortable place Ooh, with what i'm doing lame. but also hey you know what rick <laughs> you know what because <laughs> you didn't let me get to my next part and see this is what happens when you interrupt me mid-sentence <laughs> okay rick <laughs> i'm sorry mom are the interruptions done because <laughs> i'm telling you rick i have a general hey, idea of where you live We'll find you. <laughs> I, could, I could go. I could go towards you and walk around for a bit, and maybe find you. I'll get there eventually. Um, but I think the second goal. Yeah, I think I'm done with interrupting you. Okay, Mister <laughs> Mister <laughs> Comedy out here. Anywho. Julianne can mute you. Julianne can mute you. Yeah. Right. Um, What's your canceled. second goal, Miles? My second goal. I really think, and this feels kind of like like you know like stereotypical. I do kind of want to win a Grammy with Sunstrider. Like that just be like, just to say just to be like, yeah, I have one. Even though it doesn't like really mean all that much, it it does. Like Oh, yeah. it means a lot. It means a lot. In the music. Or at least to be industry. nominated. Just to be like, yeah, Grammy nominated bassist mm-hmm. and composer Miles Malone. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. Grammy winning would be better. So you know, Academy, mm-hmm. you know, hook us up. But, <laughs> Academy, we know you're listening. Let's release something first. <laughs> No, right, no, they're listening. Right. It's cool. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> it's sorted out. We got it. Yeah, I, I think my life goal, I don't know. I, I have a lot of goals, I guess, even some musically. Um, I guess my main life goal is just make sure my business is flourishing. You know, like make sure my, my family, my, my, my life goal is to make sure my life is good and my family's good. I, I think that's the biggest thing. And then musically, I mean, yeah, my life my life goal is to perform. I think the biggest thing, musically, not Grammy related, um, I want to perform at Coachella at nine thirty club. Those are the two. Those are my goals. If I could perform at nine thirty club, I think that'll make my life. That'll that'll make because I've been there like five times. So if I can just perform there once, that would be amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think mine would be to uh, go on tour at some point. I don't know if it's what I want to do, but it's sort of like, to me, it's sort of like college. Like, it's just something that you want to, um, it's just something that you want to at least try out. Mm. And, and then if you don't like, you don't have to do it, but it's good to just be like, Hey, what would happen if I went on tour? Um, mm. and also continue playing, um, music that challenges me. 
Yes, sir. Unstrutter's door, door coming up. 2021. 2021? <laughs> Holy fuck, I had a lot of work to do. Hey. 2021? <laughs> we, we, we rent in the van. We rent in the van. Where are we going? going? Hey, <laughs> wherever the road takes us, whoever lives. West, wherever it takes us. <laughs> so, West, okay, baby. sometimes, sometimes like folks do, like they do that. Yeah. Just like, you know, like hop in a van and be like, "Hey, can we play music here?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever, man. Um, in England, time, and I feel Shout like out no still... Wayman. Yep. Shout true. out. She could hook England. us up though. That's true. She, she could. could. Now, if you're listening. Shout out now. She will. <laughs> I know she will. Oh my god. She, she most definitely will. Uh, life goal to participate in a community um i think that community is the most um yeah the most important aspect in anyone and everyone's life because without a community um you can't grow and Mm. you can't uh without community there is no self Right. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like I've definitely shouldn't say mastered, but I'm very confident in the self. So because of that, it's time for me to um, give to the community. So that's why that's a big reason why I play in bands. And when I make my music, I don't just make it and then say, hey, like, listen to like what I did. And like, here it is. You know, like I invite people to tell me what they think. I invite people to influence what I do because that's community. You know, it's a similar reason why I enjoy jazz because it's not a music that you just sit on top of a stage. Mm -hmm. At least it's possible where it's just not, oh yeah, you're on top of the stage and everyone's looking like, wow, he's really playing those lines, right? it's it can feel more connected because what we're playing influ- is influenced by the listeners so uh, participating in the community and like it, it's it's purposefully broad because i also want to apply it to like you know just actual life like i want to be able to go through and and find ways to help with affordable housing find ways to improve public transportation find ways to um, create more opportunities for performers, composers, uh, producers, engineers. Uh, and that's all through the goal of community. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Nice. That was a very, that was not an essay. You did very good with that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud. Very powerful. So is there anything that any of you guys want to say before we sign off here on Backbeat Conversations? Yeah, Backbeat Conversations. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you all for even having us on here. This is dope. Um, I think this is a great platform. You guys are great at what you guys do. And to everybody that listens to Backbeat and, um, you know, any guy that listen to music out there, music lovers, this EP is going to be heat. It is going to be heat. It's already heat. It's already heat, but once it hits the streets, that's when it's gonna really, you know. I, I think I think it's 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 a good piece of music, you know. It's for it's for I think four songs we're gonna throw in there. Um, it's great, and then I think the things we three. have in store three songs, three, three, three. Right, yes, especially because yeah. I after one's after off. mastering, right. them joints long. 
but it's jazz so, so it's like it's 30 minutes long <laughs> right right <laughs> three songs 30 minutes yep right yeah that's actually about right yeah that's, yeah actually yeah that might, that might actually yeah but three songs on there um you know but it's enough material i think that everybody can really get a sense of what we do and um i think it, i'm super super excited not only for this to be released, but also what we have coming up in the future, man. It's, it's, it's going to be some crazy shit. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, shout out Abby Disney. Uh, big things shout out up. Abby Disney. Big yes. things coming up. Oh, yeah. Big things. Yes, sir. Yes, and, sir. Uh, <clears throat> fire album. Do it. Oh, <laughs> Bet. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to Backbeat Conversations. We put out a new episode every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all streaming platforms. And thank you so much to Sunstrider for talking with us today. Yeah. Backbeat Conversations, signing off. You like what you hear? Listen to Sunstrider on all streaming platforms.